Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Emily Khan, a director at PwC and I'm your host for this episode. Now for many organisations, ESG, that's environmental, social and corporate governance, is becoming increasingly important. Our annual CEO survey shows just how much focus on this area is changing. Two years ago, just 44% of CEOs listed climate change as a key concern and that figure has soared to 70% this year. And that's just one aspect of ESG. But committing to ESG targets is challenging. And many organisations that we're talking to are telling us they just don't know where to start. In the first instance, it can be tricky to define your ambitions, which might be different across the E, the S and the G. And even if those are clear, it can be hard to create a clear strategy that everyone in the organisation can get behind. And once you've got that sorted, it can be difficult to accurately measure your progress. So in this episode, we'll be discussing how you can use the power of data to set and measure ESG targets that are ambitious, yet also achievable and aligned to your purpose. I'm delighted to be joined in our virtual studio today by Isabel Jenkins and Tom Beagent. Isabel is our leader of industry for financial services, and Tom is an advisor in our sustainability and climate change team. I'm joining today, excitingly, from our more London offices, back in the office for the first time. Hi to you, Isabel and Tom. Where are you joining from today? Isabel? Hi, Emily. Great to be here. Um, I'm up in Harpenden, Hertfordshire at the moment. Very good. How about you, Tom? And little did we know, Isabel, but I'm also in the same place, in Harpenden in Hertfordshire. And I grew up just down the road, so it's a very small world indeed. So let's get into this complex and wide-ranging topic of ESG. Tom, I am going to come to you first, if I can, with um, the kind of million dollar question that we're here to talk about today. If setting ESG targets and, and making progress against them is this big challenge that I've just set out, and part of that being to do with the breadth of the issue and, and the complexity of it, just give us a sense to get us going of the role that data can play in making informed decisions about, about where to start and where to focus. Well, I absolutely agree, Emily. The topic is quite broad and can be quite daunting. Um, and many organisations have been working for long periods of time, uh, whether it's in language such as corporate social responsibility or sustainability, and now the on vogue language around ESG. Setting targets and ambitions means doing something differently, doing something differently as a business to what you would have done otherwise uh, around environmental, social and governance matters. If we take as an example a topic that is at the forefront of people's minds at the moment around climate change, organisations have been setting targets over the years of a sort of steady reduction in the amount of emissions that they have. Yeah. Whereas now we see a real need for urgency and a better source of data to help with that. So there's a lot of talk around things like science-based targets. What this really means is the scientists have worked up worked out how much carbon we are able to emit uh, as a society and then how you sort of chunk that down in for different organizations to work out what their share of that carbon budget is and so what data is enabling us to do is to actually work out well how significant a change do we need to make in our business to deliver our share of that contribution to reducing carbon emissions so you're painting quite a picture there of a of a sophisticated use of data to make some quite complicated and important decisions by the sounds of things. 
bring that to life a little bit from from the conversations that you're having with organizations who are trying to do that what are some of the the challenges and opportunities that organizations are coming across when that when they set their targets in those areas where this really becomes tricky for for many organizations is just the pure scope if we look at financial reporting we're focused on the four walls of an organization it's sort of legal boundary when we're looking at things like esg factors it takes a full value chain view so all the way down the supply chain and all the way through to sort of customers as well and what that means is that data is required to help understand things which normally businesses see as sort of outside of their control whereas there is an expectation that organizations uh, will be dealing with some of those factors when it comes to ESG. So if we take on the social side, you take something like um, modern slavery as an example. Yeah. There is an expectation that organizations understand where, that, where there is a risk of occurrence of modern slavery all the way deep down in their supply chain. So if you take a, a, um, a food retailer, you might be looking at some of the agricultural supply chains that are in place in, in, in various quarters of, of, of the regions and understand what that actually means in terms of that risk. So data is required to help actually begin to unpick that challenge. I'd like to bring uh, you in here, Isabel. Um, I've noticed a lot of the narrative around the climate change agenda in particular refers to change only really happening when financial institutions get behind it. So I'm really interested in your thoughts on what this means for the financial services sector and the clients that you're working with and the role that financial services companies can play in establishing the infrastructure, not only for sustainable finance investment, but more broadly to support other organizations in this agenda and of course whilst delivering for their customers what do you think um yeah no thanks emily um and i agree i think it's really interesting because i think what you you need to think about is really that financial services there are two roles here that financial services um, organizations need to play now, now the first is obviously they have their own ESG targets they'll have made their own net zero commitments um, and they need to sort of get their own house in order and they need to make sure that their internal front-to-back operations as they look at customer journeys and then out into their supply chains they need to make sure that they are meeting their own commitments um, and that they are reporting on those um, but the second part which actually I think is even more important is the role in fina of financial services in helping to facilitate the sustainable finance industry. Um, because what we're already seeing is that you have, you know, large institutional investors have investment targets that they have to meet where those investments, a certain proportion of those investments need to be into what are considered ESG um, and green type investments. Um, and then, you know, it's not just targets. There are a number of investors now who, who, who you know, who are choosing and this is what they want to be doing. Um, but you have to be able to have the data data and the reporting that allows them to understand which of those assets really do have the criteria that they're looking to invest in and do have those green credentials. And at the moment, that infrastructure and that consistency of data and reporting isn't in place. 
Um, now, there's a huge amount that's going on across the industry, um, and there's a lot of work that's being done looking at standards. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's it's going to take some time. Um, now, you know, interestingly, in the UK, um, it was announced back in um, back in sort of early first quarter of, of this year, 2021, that from January 2022 all premium listed companies will need to disclose under, under TCFD, which is the Task Force for Climate Financial Disclosures. Um, and it's likely that the FCA will require a broader set of listed companies, which will you know, include the largest asset managers and the pension providers, that they will have to also disclose against TCFD. But, but the TCFD, the guidelines that have implementation guidance, but we really need to have some clarity on, on what compliance means. Um, and then across the industry, we have the IFRS Foundation looking at um, reporting standards. We have the Basel Committee looking at their framework and whether it should incorporate climate risks. Um, and it's interesting because this is this is maybe an area globally that the EU is ahead in. Um, and we have the EU with their sustainable finance action plan um, and the EU taxonomy. And then we have the UK looking at these standards being developed in Europe and, and they, you know, we need to make decisions, you know, which of those we're, we're going to take and, and, and in which format. So there's a lot of work being done on standards, but one of the concerns that I have and you know people have across the industry is, is it's going to take time for those standards to be to be finalized um, and really be be working um, and be recognized in the industry. Thanks, Isabel. Um, I think that's it's a fascinating challenge, as you say, and, and clearly that's just looking at, at one sector. Tom, maybe what are your reflections? You know, we've had a, a couple of illustrations. They're looking at financial services, looking at, at food production. Clearly, this challenge is persistent across all sectors and the standards aren't there, as Isabel's just been saying. So so what would you say is really realistic when it comes to reporting in this space and what would good look like today? It's a real challenge at the moment because we've been living in a world of voluntary um, disclosure. And the result of voluntary disclosure is that you get... Um, such variety and we're really struggling at the moment with consistency and comparability of ESG data reporting between organizations and that's a real challenge for um, for investors because it's very hard for them to sort of really see the wood for the trees uh, when it comes to ESG performance. Um, there is though as Isabel has alluded to there is a lot of momentum at the moment around uh, reporting standards evolution and that's not coming at this from a blank sheet of paper. That's building on existing frameworks uh, and standards that, that are already sort of out there from a voluntary perspective. So that's things like um, uh, coming out of the US, the, the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, uh, and uh, what originated from, from the European side, the Global Reporting Initiative. We've already mentioned things like the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure. So though all those different uh, approaches have got all of the building blocks of what is required. The really important thing is to then work out what is it that every organisation needs to be reporting on. And a paper that was published last year in, in 2020 by the World Economic Forum, looking at common ESG metrics, provides 
a view on what common metrics for all organizations should be reporting on, on ESG. So that's a really great starting point. And then there's a view of, well, you've got to determine what it is for my organization or my sector in particular that is significant material in the language of the reporting standards to work out what you should be reporting that's perhaps broader than just those common set of metrics. Um, but I would, I would advise organizations to think not just about reporting what what it is that is sort of what the expected reporting is that's required by uh, interested stakeholders but also to focus on what it is that you think you can really make a difference on so when it comes to things like climate change as we've already talked about um, is that something that your business can really make a big difference on what should the scale of ambition be for your organization and how do you do that and it's not just about reporting for reporting's sake. You've, you've got to be able to be delivering the change within the organisation so the performance that's actually been reported uh, stands out. That really interests me, the point about it being not only what's expected of you, but where you can really have an impact. And, and we talk a lot about purpose playing a role in the ESG agenda as well. I'm struck that since maybe the turn of the year, the, the concept that we've heard talked about perhaps most frequently is net zero. That's very much in common parlance as a target that people are talking openly about. You've you've mentioned another couple of other terms in this conversation. I know I've heard carbon neutrality being being talked about um, as well in in common common parlance. Maybe ju just for the the novice here on this agenda, can you? Give me a feel for the differences between some of these concepts that are being talked about very frequently. So what's the difference between net zero and, and carbon neutrality, for instance? It's a good question. It's one that we get asked quite a lot. So um, carbon neutrality is a term that's been around for a number of years. And essentially what that is saying is that you can use mechanisms like carbon offsets. So investing in projects outside of your business, which can reduce carbon emissions that can then net off against the carbon emissions that you as an organization are, are, are creating. So in essence, from that perspective, your business, nothing changes can, within your business. Net zero, on the other hand, is recognizing that overall, we as uh, a society need to reach net zero emissions by 2050 at the very latest means that you as an organization need to work out how you get your organization to net zero without using things like offsetting so how do you actually reduce those emissions within the business within your supply chain thanks that's very clear clearest explanation i've heard um isabel i i'm interested in your response tom tom talked a few moments ago about needing to communicate to investors um, and that being one of the key drivers of of organizations looking at their data and reporting um, in the ESG space. What are you seeing from the financial services sector in terms of expectations of what businesses need to be communicating with, with stakeholders in that sector or, or more widely when it comes to ESG? Um, so, so there really are, you know, there are a number of aspects to it. And, and one is about this, you know, this point about, you know, sustainable finance as an industry and actually understanding if you have an investment target, um, you, you know, what you're in, what you are investing and in, how green that is. Um, and one of the one of the concerns we see in the marketplace at the moment is that actually maybe those people are on the front foot 
um, are actually being disadvantaged in a way because the people who are trying to report and they might be reporting and therefore they, they may well be disclosing some of the issues that they have in terms of, of where in their supply chain that, you know, that they're going to move, need to move to net zero or carbon neutrality or, or there might be areas in the supply chain they want to improve. Um, that actually, when they're compared against people who aren't reporting at all, they look worse, you know, which is a problem and you need to have consistency in the marketplace. So it is about having for businesses, about having some consistency in reporting, having some standards that people have agreed. Um, and, you know, we've talked a bit about, you know, really, you're not just looking at one organisation in isolation, you, you're looking at supply chains. Um, and most businesses are quite complex and, you know, like third party vendors. So they need to be asking for data from their supply chain. There needs to be some consistency to reduce the reporting complexities for people in the supply chain. Um, so you need to really start having some kind of consistency across the industry um, where it is it is very clear on what businesses do need to report on and 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 that there isn't sort of what you've got at the moment where actually there is there's almost a disadvantage for those people who are who are really trying to do it. Um, I think there's an increasing body of evidence that shows that companies that outperform around ESG outperform financially as well. Um, but the real challenge that investors have is getting hold of information to judge which which companies are outperforming on ESG. Um, there are a number of rating agencies out there who provide a lot of that information, but they are working off inconsistent and incomparable information that's being reported by companies at, at the moment. And often the same company could end up with a very different rating on ESG from one provider to another. So there's a real need to start to level that playing field. So rather than those who are being transparent and reporting on their performance, being shot down for, for the transparency that they're sharing, we really need to level that playing field. Um, and, we, and that will require us to also enable the rating agencies to, to therefore have much greater consistency in the way that they're judging companies. Um, I can't believe how fast time is flying by and it feels like we've only just kind of scratched the surface of this conversation but it's almost time for us to to wrap up and draw things for a close. Um, what I like to do in closing out these episodes is ask for something really actionable from each of you for people listening to think about they could apply in, in their own organisation. So can I ask you each for a top tip um, to help businesses of, of any kind using data to measure their performance against ESG targets. Um, Isabel, I'm going to come to you first, if I may. What would your top tip be? Um, one is I, I think you need to get quite specific. I think one of the problems, and, and we're all suffering from it a bit, is, is it, it can almost feel overwhelming. Uh, and as you said right at the beginning, Emily, you know, ESG is a really big topic. You're, you're talking about climate change. You're talking um, about labour laws. Yeah. Um, you're talking about purpose um so you know it, and we can see it that people get a bit overwhelmed and therefore you know don't don't make a start i think to take one category um that, that is achievable and to start gathering data and start reporting on that I, I think it's important to think about this this is this is a very big challenge it will take a long time but you need to break it down into chunks that, that you can action great tom what would you add to that i, I think that actually using sort of a 
lack of availability of data as an excuse is no longer acceptable. I think we're in this sort of decade of action that's required to turn around some of the uh, impacts that organisations are having uh, on society and, and the environment. And speed of action is what is required. So, so when it comes to data, I always think of it in two ways. You've got one which is looking at a business's impact on society and the environment, so the scale of the impacts that it's having. I think it's really important to get data to help shed a light on what where those impacts are. Because once you've got that strong understanding, then it's much clearer about the types of actions that are going to be needed to take to reduce it. So that's one, one type of information, the impacts of businesses on society and the environment. The other side of it is the impact of a changing environment, changing expectations of society on business and on, on business value. So the example around the task force on climate related financial disclosure is as much looking at the systemic risk that is being posed to our economic system from climate change. That's really thinking about not the amount of carbon emissions that, that, that you emit, but actually much more about what is going to be the consequences of climate change, both the physical effects, but also what are, what's referred to in the TCFD language as transition effects. So that's things like carbon pricing. What's that going to have as an impact on the bottom line of your business? And you need to think about, you need to get data that covers off both of those areas to really get a strong understanding to enable you to sort of move forward in terms of what actions do I need to take to both protect and enhance the value of the business, but also to think about what role am I playing as a business in society. Well, that draws us to a close of another episode of Business in Focus. Thank you so much, Isabel and Tom, for a fascinating discussion and that feels very much like chapter one of a conversation that we will continue over time and of course thank you to everyone for listening if you'd like to find out more about the work we do to help companies achieve their ESG goals visit our website pwc.co.uk and look for the sustainability and climate change section under services and finally don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes thanks everyone and stay safe mm-hmm.